you? I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. Oh my goodness, you are in for a treat today. We have Shay from A Million Ways to Mother here, and I'm just so excited because her story is amazing, and she's got a lot of wisdom for you. So welcome, welcome, Shay. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm glad glad you're able to meet with me today, but I want you, I kind of just want you to be, I want you to introduce like your business, your, because it's a little bit different, right? Than other things. So will you just tell me, tell me about a million ways to mother. Okay. So I started this blog a couple of years ago, actually with my sister, I had just started fostering and oh, actually I fostered and adopted my first child and my sister had kids 13 months apart. And so we kind of thought about how we all as mothers, mother in different ways and people who don't have children, still mother. And so that's how we came with a million ways to mother. And then I just took off with the whole foster and adopt route and kind of wanted to bring light on that subject versus all the misconceptions of fostering. So that's kind of how it, that's who I am. So so tell me you have five kids, right? Yes. And two from foster care that I've adopted. Awesome. So tell me how you got into foster adopting because that's, that's a whole thing, right? And I think it also is for a lot of people. Um, I was just at the park at one of my friends and she's foster adopted three kids. And I think that it's, it's a process, right? So how did you get to that point? So after, so to start out, I had factor five and many other blood clotting disorders during pregnancies. During my third pregnancy, I was on bed rest for almost the entire thing and then had her early and the doctor just said, okay, you're all done. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm not done. I'm not done. There is more out there that I'm supposed to have. So we went through LDS services. They had um, adoption at the time. And we were denied because we had three children and they only wanted two or less children, which I understood. And I just had this crazy thought that maybe we should foster. And my husband was semi on board. (laughs) (laughs) I was crazy because there's so many things that people think about foster care that it's for, you know, um, people do it for the money that people just have their kids ripped away from them. So many bad things that people think of when foster care. And I was like, well, let's just try it. And maybe you should pray about it. And of course he was like, well, there you have it. That's going to be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so that kind of started it off. And yeah, it's, it was a, quite a journey. It is a journey. Well, t- like, tell us about that. How did your first 
foster adopt, have you had, um, have you fostered more kids than your two or have you just done foster adoption with those two? So we went to the classes and then we were, they said in December 28th, actually, that uh, we were allowed to be getting calls now for children. And from that time for 12 days, we had eight calls for, we were on the 12 month and under for boys call list. And we had eight phone calls. None of them seemed right, I guess, or Mm -hmm. I felt the peace that comes through it. I prayed and gone to the temple and just wanted to have that peace of which child was supposed to be in my home. And um, on my daughter's third birthday, I was getting ready to have a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. She was my baby, as though I thought. And I got a phone call that day and they said, you know, we have a baby in the NICU, nine days old. And immediately I just said, okay, he's mine. I'll pick him up right after Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) And it was quite the surreal time. And um, there was, the whole story is pretty crazy. We, he three weeks after had gone, gotten sick and went to the hospital and was in there for 12 days, almost died. And then we met the parent, the mother, the birth mom at the hospital. Anyways, long story short, um, after crazy time, we ended up adopting him. And three months after we adopted him, he was 13 months old. We got a call from the maternal family that she was pregnant again and due in three months. And they would like us to take her. And so we took her <laughs> and fostered her and we've adopted her. And because I had two babies, I put foster, fostering on hold. Mm-hmm. So yes, we've only adopt we've only fostered two and been able to adopt two. So oh my goodness! So in like a matter of eighteen months, <laughs> in a matter of eighteen months, I had fostered and adopted two children, <laughs> and had only planned on one. <laughs> and well, it seems like <laughs> you foster. I mean, you signed up, and within like mm, two minutes, just kidding. But you, ha- you know, you are at Chuck E. Cheese, and you're like, okay, I guess, I guess we're doing this. Like this is for reals. <laughs> yeah, it was quite surreal. It was, yes, it was. It was amazing. It was yeah, incredible, the miracles I saw throughout it all. So, so I have a nonprofit called Beauty Revived. And so what, what all these photographers do is they, they find, we do different campaigns, right? And so one campaign we did was all about adoption. And so we had 50 photographers find 50 adoption stories and they would donate the session and tell the story. And while I knew that was going to be amazing, like I knew that this campaign was going to be one of the best, the thing I didn't realize was, as I'm reading every story, is how much God has a place in adoption and how every person, no matter their religion, no matter what, it just was like, this child is supposed to be with me. And three 100%. Yeah. As I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh my goodness, like that has to be the case. I mean, you know, to be like, you need to foster adopt now. (laughs) The minute you're done, I have a baby for you. And then actually we have another one. (laughs) And so many more miracles that had happened. But one thing that I've always said through this whole thing is, oh man, I'm going to get emotional. Um, that I know that in the pre-mortal life that me and his birth mom were friends and that we all, we, she was like, well, I'm, I'm not 
going to be able to take care of my child. So will you be there on earth to take care of him and raise him and her? And I was like, absolutely. So I knew that it was all supposed to be. And we were, you know, I was supposed to do this job and she was supposed to bring him to earth. So. Oh my goodness. Cause you couldn't like, that's also a part, yep. you know, you could, your body could only do three. Yep. And I could only do three and there was supposed to be more that was supposed to come to my house. So. Um, and that is, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Cause that is a tender, you know, that's one of those tender moment, like times with the spirit where you're like, okay, <laughs> when you just see a broader picture. Yeah. If I can tell people one thing when they go into this is to see the eternal perspective. Um, Even when we didn't think that maybe he was going to stay with us and my children were like, but he won't be able to get baptized or, and I remember saying, but in the next life, you'll see him and maybe he'll get baptized then, or we never know. We just have to keep an eternal perspective of life really, but especially in the foster care world that we might just be his protector or his or his or hers protector or love or whatever God has in store for that moment. That is what we're there for, for these children. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is amazing. So how are you? So now you have these, you have five kids now you've gone through foster adoption and you have this platform. And so how do you use your platform? Like, how are you using that to help people get into fostering and adopting? Um, that's pretty much my whole goal is to take away the negative of it because I want people to know that it's normal people foster. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that sounds terrible, but every time people are like either, you know, oh, I didn't know that like normal people did that or (laughs) why didn't you just adopt? And I have my reasonings for the reason I didn't just go through an adoption agency. In that time, we had three quote unquote normal children per se. Mm -hmm. And I felt like people who maybe couldn't get pregnant or that could be a route they could go. But for us, we had a home that was stable, had the gospel that, um, we could maybe help children who were not as fortunate as us in return. We were bar none more blessed than they were. So. And so what are the um, myths that you feel like people have or, you know, bad, you know, bad feelings about foster adoption? What are they? Let's call them out. And then what are like, what is the reality? Um, I think that people are, first of all, think that people go into it for the money, which it's like 95 cents an hour. That's the worst babysitting job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think they think that it's a low income um, thing, which children should never be put into that. uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but that's who they should go to. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, people think that they don't want people to come in their homes and uh, see what goes on behind closed doors, which is, is uncomfortable at times. Like you do have someone that comes into your home once a month and then has random visits that they just show up. And yes, that might for some people be uncomfortable. What are some other things people think? Um, They definitely are afraid that, or they think that foster parents maybe are superheroes that we don't get hurt when they leave our homes, but that's definitely not the case. Um, We are just like anyone else. And 
it terrifies us. But my grandma and my mom were like, I don't understand how you sleep at night. We barely can. And honestly and truthfully, the spirit was amazing during the whole thing. I wasn't that afraid. Like I just knew that he would have a plan for each one of us. And if I was only supposed to be the mother for a short period, that that would be okay. And yes, it would hurt and it would be painful, but through those trials is also when you come closest to the Lord. Yeah. When I was, this is beautiful by the way, but um, when I was listening to conference, this is what remind me, listen to conference this last week. Like one of the things I, I feel like we always hear like fear needs to be overcome with faith and, but I don't know, this is probably just a revelation to me, but he said that how we overcome fear is with love. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're saying is like, you can love these children for the time that you have them in your home and trust that God loves you enough to have a bigger plan. Uh, But that's, that's also a lot of spiritual maturity, I think, you know, and because you have to be able to rely on that spirit because, because it's a, it's a tough situation, but now it's a very beautiful situation because of, you know, what you've relied on. So nice work. (laughs) I I completely agree. And it's not, I mean, this is generalizing, but it's not really a Mormon thing or in Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints thing, like a normality thing for foster care. But it is huge in the Christian church, a lot of different Christian denominations. And so I met a lot of people who are members of those churches. And it was so inspiring how through them as well, like God had a plan for each of them. And sometimes we think, you know, our church is true or blah, 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 blah. But it's, he has a plan for each and every one of us. And it was just miraculous to see them praying and doing the same exact things that I was. And it opened my eyes to different religions and how he is truly has his hand in each one of our lives. Oh yes. He's speaking to everyone. (laughs) Absolutely. And now a small break, a word from those who make this podcast possible. podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. I want to talk about your website because you don't just, you don't just run this website, right? Um, I have contributors, I guess is what I'm. Yes, I do have contributors. Yes. You run it, but I mean, you know, aren't writing everything. So tell me how that works because you have um, a lot of resources and, um, and are they, they're not all directed at fostering. Oh oh no. It's some um, of them are, but some of them are. Yes. I have, 
broke it up into mostly four parts. And yes, most of it is parenting, just in general, motherhood parenting. Um, but yes, I do have contributors. And then a portion of it is foster um, and adoption all through the month of November, which is foster care adoption month. I have stories and people, guest posters and all sorts of super fun stories of other people and their experience through adoption and foster care. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome site. So tell me about like this community that you've built. What like miracles have you seen? What have you learned about building this community? Um, Like what are your takeaways? Oh, I've seen so many. Um, Honestly, truthfully, the miracle that I love the most is people emailing me or contacting me after they've read stories through my blog and want more information and are like, I can't believe that you've, you were an answer. Like I'd always had this thought in my mind, but now it's like, okay, I can do this. I can, you know, through him, I can foster and find a child that is in need of a home. Those are probably the most, the reason that I do this whole thing. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, it's a lot of work or it's a, you know, and then when I get those emails, I'm like, it's all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> those are the best. But when you're able to say, okay, God used me today. I didn't yes. know how he was going to use me, but he is. So tell me about like building your influence online. How did you do that? What were some things that helped you get to where you are? Um, like, what are the things that you look back and you're like, yes, that has helped this, this actually grow to what it is today. Um, some of my things that have helped it grow as well as my favorite parts are collaborating with either other foster care parents or, or like last November during um, foster care awareness, I collaborated with Mattress Firm and we just did a whole month long um, series on fostering. And I think that has also helped grow when you can get a large um, brand behind you, but also makes you feel like, you're contributing, you know, like I can, I'm doing one or two children mattress firm is, you know, contributing money to many foster children. Oh yeah. No, it's, it makes your, your influence amplified when you're able to like, yeah, combine with other people. So how do you go about working with these people? Like did they approach you or is there, um, how do you collaborate? Um, Most of the time I approach people. I try to approach companies that I that feel that I feel have the same niche or morals or maybe have the same following as me. And so I try and go after those same companies. And times where you um, be approached if you yeah, have yeah, yeah. a certain following. Yeah. So how do you, so give us your, like, these are like business tips of how you um, go about like approaching these businesses. Like as far as how to contact them, is that yeah, what you mean? yeah? Like how's how do you pitch them your ideas? Um, that's the creative end of it of kind of what what do I want to come out of it, and then that's how I approach the PR person or whatever. Is here's my idea. Um, I would love to collaborate with you. I know that you also are in this niche, and then hope that it works. <laughs> <laughs> you just go out there, right? You can't be scared of it because either no, and I always am. I always am scared, but yeah, it's the only way that I can make it work or who I want to work with. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) It's good. Well, I think that we get, this is what I have seen. People always are asking like, how do you collaborate? How are you doing this? And sometimes you just have to realize that the person on the other end of the screen is a a real person. (laughs) Oh, I completely agree. We think that they're like, you know, better than us or higher than us, or we're just this tiny uh, fish in a big sea, which we are, but um, they're also. So yeah. And, and And they're also, sometimes they just didn't get your email or whatever. So don't stop trying like, yeah, you know, and if you went through one door, go through a window, like just keep trying. Yeah. And I think what, um, the takeaway should be is that like what you did was you first like did the research, right? You researched to see what, um, businesses would be the best to work with. And then you came up with a plan because that is actually the biggest, um, struggle. I think people don't go to, Oh, that's for sure the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. They just email. They're like, Hey, I want to collaborate with you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like what do you you mean? What do you want to do? Like (laughs) how do me and you collide or how do we have a name common? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's a big secret. And, and it's what you were saying that you do, you say, okay, I have this big idea. I want to do something with the mattress firm. Cause I know that we're together, you know, we, you know, we can serve a greater audience for greater good. And here's my idea. Yes. And, and then they can get on board. But if you just say, Hey, I want to collaborate. It's almost an easy. No, I'm always like, go for the easy. Yes. You know, say, I want to Absolutely. Like, raise money Thank for foster adoption. Yes. And totally. most of these companies have people coming to them at all times. So you have to be that different that they want to, you know, that they see versus I want to collaborate. You have to be the different of this is why I want to collaborate. And this is the vision I see that our two brands can do together. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's actually the secret. I think that that's the secret to a good collaboration is having like clear expectations and clear, like, Hey, we could do something awesome. This is what we could do together. Exactly. So, I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so putting, so you are practically the face, right? You're the pretty much the face of your Instagram and that's awesome. Cause it's all, you know, it's your personal brand. And so do you feel like there's like are there insects? Do you feel weird about that? Or because sometimes I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, is that too much of my face? But oh it my isn't because so, you know, like, and so if you feel that way, like, but it's also necessary, right? Like, yes. it's so that was so I said, me and my sister started it, and that was our biggest fear was having our fit because I didn't do a lot of social media before. Like, I would have my family saying, like, okay, can you please post your children? Like, it just <laughs> wasn't really my thing. And so that was probably our biggest fear. And then when my sister had to um, quit and pull out of the blog, my biggest fear was people are going to be so sick and tired. Of- <laughs> I get so sick and tired of seeing my face on there. I'm like, eh. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that is still an insecurity and still something I hate putting my face up there. Well, you shouldn't because you're the best and you're so fun. Like you totally shouldn't. But I, um, but I want to know like from a, from my standpoint, like, so what are, um, what are some tips of, cause one of the things I think is so great about you is that it's not like you have a lot of, a variety of pictures, right? You are doing different things. It's not just like one photo shoot that you're replastering, you know, around, but it's, and they're always with purpose. So how, how do you get, do you have like a, this is just like from a practical standpoint, I'd love uh-huh. to know is 
like, do you have a photo shoot day? Do you have, do you just always have your camera with you or how do you make that work? So you get like a variety of, a variety of things going. Um, so for the, I do have a photo shoot day. Yes. Where I take the majority, I have a photographer who takes the majority of my pictures, but, um, I have come to realize and like after asking on my Insta stories that people do like real, which I don't understand how that's not real, but I can understand where they see that would be different. So I have taken a lot more just on your phone pictures, you know, um, just have it with me, take a shot picture versus a quote unquote photo shoot, you know? Yeah. But yes, I have, I asked that on my Insta stories one time and I got a lot of um, feedback that they like real life, you know, pictures. So yeah. And I think, and um, you do a great way. I mean, a great job integrating it. And I do think that that's kind of, that's always going to be a balance, right? Is yeah. having <laughs> prep shots and. Yeah. And, and I also think um, with collaborations and um, sponsored posts, they want, they want photo shoot pictures. And I think that's only um, fair. They're paying yeah. so that you need to have, you know, a very clear, you know, picture. So so you do a lot of like um, parenting advice and um, things and saving money and, you know, all these things on your, on your blog. And so have you always felt like you wanted to, you know, do, do this this way, like where you're sharing things about parenthood and things or like what has brought you to this point where you wanted to share all of these things? Um, I think it's mostly just come from what I do every day. Like I am naturally a saver and a money cautious. We were raised that way. And so that has, oh, that's me. So mm -hmm. I always wanted to share saving tips and people always are like shocked that I, when I grew up, I, you know, I looked at gas prices and, you know, I just, I've always been able to find a deal and stuff. And so that has that's just me. And then motherhood is my life. And so it's easy to write about that stuff. And then my passions foster it up. So that too is kind I of it easy. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, it's just me. And that's how I've kind of formed the blog to what fits into my personality. And so how did you know how to do all this? Cause you kind of said that you, you know, didn't do social media and stuff, but you're like killing it. So what was the learning curve there? Oh my goodness. A lot of yelling <laughs> at the computer <laughs> and every day was, it's hard. It's still hard. I, it's a learning curve and people think that, oh, you just stand up there and take a picture. And it's like, oh, if it was only that easy, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> but it's definitely not. And yeah, the learning curve was every day, every minute by minute, just slowly learning, taking classes um, joining Facebook groups, anything I could to try and teach myself how to, cause I also wasn't very techie. And so I had to learn how to run a website and every day is still changing and SEO. And I mean, it's just, it's hard. It's very hard, but it's kind of fun. Like it's, it's hard. It's kind of fun. It's fun. The people you meet. Oh yeah. It's fun. Like, challenge, like yeah. a different challenge versus being a, you know, a mom day in and day out and the mundane of it. So it changes things up a little. Yeah. So how do you balance this with being a mom? What's, 
like your schedule. I always say your seat. I mean, we say like, what's your secret, but there's no secret. It's just chaos. But like, so what, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how do you do it right now? Actually right now I have been able to afford a babysitter or afford financially as well as um, time um, two days a week. And I'm able to go to my husband's office and he also started his own business. So I'm also kind of helping him. So it's pure chaos for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's where I can also work from there. And then it's just, you know, whenever you can find a dull moment. Yeah. While you're Uh, amidst crazy. (laughs) I want to know how it feels like to be in an office to go and then be able to leave it. I mean, kind of leave it, but like to have uninterrupted time is pretty magical. Is it magical? <laughs> yeah. Like people are like, Oh, and it is hard. Like it, it is like, you feel that like, you know, mom guilt just as always with us, but it's nice. I actually get to eat in peace <laughs> and eat what I want. And, but yeah, I do get a lot more done in this short amount of time. So then I feel like on the days that I don't come in, I don't have to be like, okay, I got to, I got to get this done or I got to, you know, I can, I can sit and watch a show if that's what they want to do or sit on the ground and play Barbies or whatever they want to do. Yeah. I just recently, just like a few times a month have like one of my um, past like church girls come and watch Scarlet for like two or three hours. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Life changing because it really is. And I, you, and I do like, I remember feeling very guilty about doing it. And then I was like, this is someone who I love is with my daughter. And they're like down on the floor, like playing with her for three hours. Like, that's awesome. It's great. I know. <laughs> like, what, the girl I have now is leaving on a mission, unfortunately, in this January. But my kids love her. Like, they get so excited. And it's, a, it's different. It's not the same mundane me as well. You know, like they get a little something different. So it's, it's great. It really is nice. Yeah. And you kind of just have to figure out if that is going to make things easier for you as a mom and better. Because for me, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes a difference. Cause I am not so stressed out every minute of my moment, you know, when I have exactly. all my kids. So, yep. and you can say, I'm going to get this done when on this time, like I, I know I'm going to have this time. So it's a beautiful thing. If, if that's where you are in your business, we're with you. It's okay. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> and if not, you that's find also great. You find night times and you find yeah. nap times and you know, that's yeah, what I used to I, find I, in between. Yeah. And that's kind of what I found is like, it depends on where you are in your motherhood. Cause I know like when my husband was going to school and all of that, like I had a lot of time by myself at nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, my cousin's also a blogger and her husband's in dental school and I do. I'm like, Oh, I used to think I was, I never, me and my husband have a great relationship and we hang out every night, but I used to think, well, she can get a lot more done then because I want to, <laughs> you know, entertain my husband at night <laughs> and chit chat with him. And so, yeah, I mean, just, you have to find time and every season of our life has, you know, different times of life that we can fit things in. Yep. And it's not forever. That's why I'm always like, this moment is not going to be forever. We're not always going to have this. So um, anyway, so I think that was good to talk about that. I think you have a unique perspective here because you're, you're a mom to three kids that are um, biologically yours. And then you have your two that are yours through foster adoption. And then you are also giving like mothering and parenting advice. How do you do this? How do you 
teach your kids to um, choose Christ and not just to do what's right, but like, what are some things that you're actually doing in your home that are teaching your kids to choose Christ? Well, of course, the normal, the, I mean, every morning we read scriptures together, we say our prayers, but honestly, you know, as a mom, we don't know, it's really our example. So when we had Heath um, and we'd meet with the maternal side of his family, so his earth name was Brendan, but we didn't know that at the beginning. And so we called him Heath. Well, when it came time to adopt him, um, we pretended that we didn't name him Heath. We didn't call him Heath. (laughs) It was time to tell the maternal side of the families that um, his name was Heath. And um, they were coming over and my daughter said the prayer and she asked that we would have confidence and have that they would be okay with his name. And, you know, anyways, that's what she said. And as they walked in, they said immediately, so are you changing his name? And it was like, it lit up in her face. Like he answered my prayers. Like I am just a little girl and he answered my prayers. Like I didn't even, we didn't have to get scared to tell him anyway. So what I mean is I think it's just example and living our lives daily by obeying the commandments that that's how we have, we, they will eventually choose the right versus making them choose it. And that is awesome. I mean, because it is showing like your little girl didn't just, I mean, come up with that on her own. I mean, she did, but it's through seeing your example and I was just, (laughs) this is a bad example of mothering maybe, but my kids wait for me on when I pick them up from school on the corner and I found out that one of my sons was like not doing great things. He kept pushing his sister into the street. It's not great. Anyway, it's normal. (laughs) (laughs) There's some things. Anyway, but I was talking to him and I just said, listen, you don't know it, but kids and people are watching you and they're, you know, they're going to, what, what you're doing is going to make a difference. And he just looked at me like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But I also am, I also was like, you know, Giffords, we don't do that. We don't throw things, you know, anyway, I, that's not true. Apparently he does do it. So Giffords do do that. But anyway, (laughs) I think they all do that. I know. I was going to say, I need to be better at allowing my children to choose versus telling them, Oh no, you will be cleaning your room (laughs) instead of saying, you know, I'm not that great. I am kind of understand where Satan was coming from. I'm going to come down and tell them that they have to choose, right? Because yeah, that's what I want to do. But I am learning that I have to let them make choices and they have to choose on their, on their own. Yeah. Because eventually they will become adults. Yeah. Yeah. And with that story, I'm just saying like, I just like, people are watching and your kids are watching. And, and then I guess if we go deeper, our kids are making mistakes too, but (laughs) so am I. And I just tried to tell, I mean, to end up that story, I just was like, you know what? these are the consequences. If you continue to do this, like someone could get run over, not great. You know, this isn't a great choice, but, um, I do love like reading and following you and seeing like how you're doing that, like how you're mothering in, 
a really beautiful way. So I, I like that you're sharing your advice and, um, and also, um, just like the way you're living your life in such a way that's so giving is like, you're welcoming, you know, people into your home and then they're, you know, they're becoming your family. And that is, um, I, I don't know a better lesson than that to your kids. You know, these kids needed a home and we felt we, you know, the Holy ghost told us that this is what we needed to do. And so we did it. And now it's, now they're part of our family. And you know, that's at the end of the process, you know, you can look back and say, Oh, that was a beautiful thing, but there's probably a lot of, you know, hard things and adjustments. And now you're a family with five kids, not three, you know, <laughs> that's a big deal. And also was there an adjustment period for your older kids or were they pretty welcoming from the start? Um, so we asked them before if they were okay with it and they were. And to be honest, one of them wants to for sure foster when she's older. And I've had a lot of feelings that I'm going to do it again when I um, know that I won't have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> a little bit older. Yeah. But, um, and I, so I asked him like, Hey, would you guys want to do it again? Like it, it definitely is a sacrifice. It, you know, they have to help a lot. Like they, they are my right hand people. And there was not even a, a break in silence. It was absolutely like, we want to have more babies to help and, or more children to help. So they are, I think it was our thing. Like, I think you find your thing that your way of serving and your way of giving. And it's my thing. Like I feel so inclined and inspired and drawn to help children. Like it's, it's, I don't know. And it's not everybody's. And that's the great thing is you have to find what brings you joy and where you, where naturally you serve. Yeah. And that's a process sometimes, you know, oh, like absolutely. trying to figure that out. Cause, and yeah, it's, it's a hard process, but it, it goes back to like, when you're talking about foster adopting, like, I mean, we can't see each other and neither can our listeners see you, but like you, we can feel your spirit about it and you're excited and um, really passionate about it. And mm -hmm. I like, and that's what we have to find, right? We have to find what lights us up because and I, I mean, I, you know, say light, it lights us up because I feel like that's when the Holy Ghost is saying, Hey, this is something that you're going to find so much happiness and you can and also, true joy in. Yep. And also use like your gifts and talents. Cause not everyone can do what you're doing. Oh no. <laughs> and that's, and it's also different seasons. Like I said, when I had my, when I was having my other three children, that didn't even come into my mind. Like it wasn't even inspired. It wasn't even anything. It was, so it's a, at different seasons of our life is also where we find different answers and different ways to serve and be an instrument in his hand. So, because let's be honest, if God would have put it on your heart when you were <laughs> going through like the third pregnancy, right. You would have been like, Oh my gosh, I don't know oh if my. I can do that. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It would have been crazy. So I, it's, it's life is stages and seasons and every season is, you know, I think, yeah, I think we are inspired to do things in different seasons of our life. 
Yes, absolutely. Which thank goodness we don't get bored, right? We keep, keep shifting and changing and growing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so fun. Well, Shay, I have loved talking to you. This has been the best and I love getting to know you. And I knew you were awesome because I've been following you on Instagram, but like talking to you, I'm like, ah, I love her. So let's meet up. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. Um, well, thanks for being here, Shay. And if you want to connect with her and if you want her to convince you to foster adopt, then go (laughs) find her on Instagram at million ways to mother. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the women with fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.